Hello everyone and welcome to the Dear Future Hubby podcast. I am your host, Teresa Reese, and y'all know how we do it. I am going to read a poem from my book of poetry entitled, A Strong-Willed Mind, Healing Scars Over Time Through My Poetry. And although today is Valentine's Day, the day of love, happy Valentine's Day to all. Y'all know we're raw on this podcast, the acronym for real and wise. And so I'm going to not necessarily talk about love on today. I'm going to try a different approach. We may end up stumbling upon it, but... I just kind of wanted to talk about how my day went today. And um, yeah, so (laughs) let's go ahead and get started. The name of this poem is called Plethora of Fakes. I once tried dating from a different approach. I'd heard lots of things about this. So I created a profile and decided to try it. I uploaded a few pictures of me, but I had no idea of what I was doing. This situation quickly took a wrong turn. There was so much about this kind of dating that I had never learned. I'm not tooting my own horn. No, not at all. I'm not even vain, but I do tend to call it just how I see it. And I ran into some really strange men. But here's what helped me to draw this conclusion of them. Although my intentions were pure, just converse, maybe date, just to see, I kept my pictures current. But theirs were always outdated or fake to me. They claimed to be tall, but they were shorter than me. Thin, but way too wide, very handsome, but very unattractive to me, smart, but slower than a turtle's time. Understanding, but very insecure, definitely single, but they lived with their baby mama, available, but they were always gone, interested, but they they never responded. The list goes on and on. This kind of dating had me so frustrated Something that wasn't for me. Maybe I'm really the old-fashioned type because it's plain to see that I'm not made for this type of thing. I must have more to lose than to gain. If I didn't know, well, now I'm convinced. I'm just not cut out for dating like this. And... I had a friend of mine, she she tried, y'all. She really tried. <laughs> she tried to hook me up for a Valentine's date. And I went to the guy's profile. And when I went to the guy's profile, I literally was like, hell to the gnaw. Not going to be able to do it. And some people may say, girl, you getting way too up in age for you to be trying to be picky. <laughs> Did you say you wanted a future hubby? You need to start lessening the requirements on your list. And others may agree with that. But my thing is, although I am waiting for my future hubby, God knows my taste. 
God knows what I like. God knows what, because even let's just say, let's just say that I don't get my definition of my taste. I will still be, this is my belief. I will still be attracted to the person that he brings to me. I don't believe that God would set me up to fail or commit adultery. So I know for a fact that I've got to be attracted to the person that I'm going to be rolling over to and going bed to and with every night for the rest of my life. And even if there are some areas that might need a hint of improvement, because I know, honey, I got a whole lot of areas that need a hint of improvement, my own self, but I am work withable. And so I'm going to need him to be work withable. <laughs> Probably not even in the vocabulary, but we're going to use that today on Valentine's Day. I need somebody to be work withable. Okay. So when I say that, that is in the most sincerest way. Like I've got to be at least, he doesn't have to be drop dead gorgeous because I don't want him to be too pretty. I don't want him to be prettier than me. Okay. However, at the same time, I do need to be able to look over and find his little quirks attractive. You know, a little dimple in the cheek or the way that he smiles or the way that his eyebrow raises or the way that he ministers love to me. There has to be something attractive about him to keep my attention. And I know that men tend to be the visual creatures. And we are, as women, are a lot about the content of the character. But honey, I'm one of those people that's like, I we can't just have content of the character. I've got to be able to, to look at you and be like, dang, he's fine. Or if I can't say, dang, he's fine, I need to be thinking to myself, my honey is so handsome. I got to find something about him that's attractive. And so we, she and I talked about it and I chuckled and I, I started giving her a list of all the reasons why it would be an absolute no and I made sure that I let her know that I am not desperate. Like, although my podcast says, Dear Future Hubby, I'm not desperate. I'm not looking for anyone. I am waiting to be found. And I'm not putting a time limit on that either. I still got kids to raise. So although I am open to the possibilities of eventually meeting my future hubby, I'm still very much aware that I don't have to settle for less like I know I know what I bring to the table so to speak and so there's no reason for me to rush anything and even in my being abstinent this is allowing God to purge me from my past I don't want to rush that process I don't want it to be where I'm thinking, okay, I didn't got over this person and that person. I'm good. I can start dating. And then the moment I meet someone, I'm comparing him to the other two people that I didn't get over. Like, I don't have time for that. And I don't want to put anyone in that position. But also, I wanted to talk about honesty. Because I was, I received a phone call today. And as you know, even though I chuckle and I kind of made cracked a little jokes about a friend of mine trying to hook me up, um, maybe it's because of the experiences that I've had in my past. I am like a private investigator by nature. Like I just, you know, you can tell me your whole 
resume. I'm still going to do my own research. And I've literally had a guy say, he wasn't saying it to me because I hadn't done my research yet on him. But he actually said that when it was a girl that he was dating, he broke up with her because she did a background check on him. And in my mind, I was like, well, eventually I probably was going to do a background check on you. So we, we were not going to be compatible. And the whole thing is, is because the world that we are living in now, there's so many people out there that provide lip service and give you this illusion of what it is that they believe that you want to hear. But then when it comes to actually applying action to those words, there is no action applied to those words. And so when you are really thinking about and when you are taking the time out to count up the cost, you're thinking about your family, you're thinking about your, you know, your income, your own personal income, you're thinking about your assets and what it is that you have and what it is that you're aspiring to achieve and and all of that, your vision. You don't want to yoke yourself up with someone that is not like-minded and on one accord. You don't want to yoke yourself up with a user. And so I received a phone call today and um, God got the glory out of the conversation. But one of the things that really disturbed me, I was expecting to hear my friend say that she was newly engaged to be married as of today. And that's not the conversation that she and I ended up having. And she was like, I'm not even in a relationship. And so there's another segment that I'm going to speak to that at a different time because it's very, very deep. And I've got to like prepare people for that. But what I wanted to talk about was honesty, because what I've started to realize is that when it comes to dating, most people present their representative within a 90 day span. So it's always the honeymoon phase, it's bliss. He, you know, sends you good morning text, tells you that you're beautiful, woos you, get your guard to come all the way down. Once the guard is down and he believes that you've caught feelings, then you start to see little bitty things that you never saw in the beginning that may give you pause but you don't listen to those things that are giving you pause and you proceed without caution. Next thing you know, you've slept with the person or if you haven't slept with the person, you've come pretty darn close and done everything imaginable leading up to the actual act. And because your guard has been let down, all of a sudden, the things that you noticed, the things that gave you pause, but you, but you continued or you proceeded, you begin to make excuses for those things as if they are non-existent. Although this person is showing the true person, the representative left the building. Now the true person has now stood up, but because you are now caught up, you cannot and refuse to see 
the true person. This is how hearts get broken. This is how people become homicidal, suicidal, all of that is when they realize that they fell for the lie instead of recognizing and addressing and accepting the truth of who this person is. And so as we begin to com- began to converse, I was expressing to her that the, the situation that she had encountered, I too had encountered it. And I expressed to her how I was able to get through that ordeal and how I was able to overcome. But then I thought about it because then we went, we shifted. Our conversation shifted. So after we got over that, I prayed over her. We got through that. Then the conversation shifted. And when the conversation shifted, conversation shifted, it went a little bit like this, which caused me to want to discuss this further. And I felt like plethora of fakes was appropriate for this episode because part of the conversation was why is it that I'm always second choice and not the first choice and when she asked the question, I was like, okay, now you're literally barking up my tree because I had already written my letter to my future hubby hours before her phone call. And that was a part of what I wrote in my letter, not verbatim, but it was similar. So I read to her what I wrote in my letter and I was like, okay, so now, you know, you're pretty much on my page. So let's talk about it. Let's unpack that. And As we began to talk about that, I was telling her, okay, so there's something within us that instead of listening or paying attention or even praying for the signs to be revealed prior to getting caught up, because nine times out of 10, you know, we hear this a lot. When people show you who they are, believe them. So if you know that 90 days, you're going to be in bliss. You really need to start paying close attention day 91. Or if the person is slick, they can go all the way to maybe 100 days before they show their truth. But the reality of it is eventually that's going to show up. So why is it that my question was, why is it that we let our guards down prematurely and not allow the representative to leave the building so that we could see the essence of who we're truly dealing with? Because if we were to do that, then it would be apparent that we were second choice and we were not a priority. And then we would exit stage left. We would not remain in the relationship being considered, you know, a choice instead of a priority. But I said, because that is something that we've been guilty of is believing the lie instead of waiting for the truth to be revealed This is why it appears as if we are not the first choice. And so we we talked about it. We ironed some things out. We came up with a game plan. She's going to start a blog. Um, I helped her come up with the name. And we're just going to see how that goes. And eventually she'll be on here and I'll let her tell her story. However, um, it really truly got me to thinking about the process that I'm currently on because 
although we had, she and I have had dialogue before and she had a master plan in place. I feel like the enemy is so crafty. Like he knows the areas that we are trying to work on. And so I believe that he's just really crafty in how and who he sends to be a distraction whenever we're trying to keep that peripheral vision and keep our eyes on the prize. And so I, sh- I told her because she didn't even know because she was caught up in her relationship. She never knew about the temporary situation that I was in when I was dating. So I explained it to her and told her that I truly believed that this person that I was dating, that his ultimate intention was to see if by asking me to be his woman and entering into a relationship with him, I believe that he felt like, well, if I can convince her that we're in a relationship. So when you're in a relationship, surely we should start having relations. And I said, but what I did, I think it caught him off guard when he realized, I don't care what you label it or how you label it. I've made a commitment and I want to wait for my true husband. And so then his whole conversation started to shift. The disrespect started to manifest even more. See, anytime that someone's trying to get in your drawers, get in your panties, what pull your panties, whatever it is, when they're trying to go there with you, they'll say and do whatever if that's their true intention. But because I would not allow that to be any, like I wouldn't even put myself in that situation for that to happen. And I'll never forget it because he made a comment and he was like, I know how to get you. And I'm like, how? Well, if I get you intoxicated, well, first of all, if you're doing that, that's considered rape in my opinion, because I'm not in my right mind. Therefore, you are forcing yourself on me in that regard. So we're not going to do that. I'm not going to be drinking in your presence if I know that that's that's your intention. And so but the conversation shifted when he realized that no matter how he tried to present himself, that I had made up my mind. And there are some men out there that truly view some of us women, they may never say it, but their actions and their words show it as silly women. And what I mean by that is they feel like we are gullible. So if you look a certain way, if you laugh at certain jokes, if you carry yourself a certain way, they're not thinking that you're an intelligent being. They're thinking if they say the right things at the right time, however, that you'll fall for the okie doke And they can get you the way they want you and have their way with you. And so I literally was like, no, this is not going to happen. Like, I I just refuse to put myself in those positions, you know, situations. I didn't go, you know, stay at hotels or nothing like that with him. I didn't do anything like that. Um, The most I think we ever did was peck each other on the lips. And, And that was, you know. To me, that was doing too much. But anyway, it was a couple of times that, you know, we may have gotten um, pecked each other on the lips. But I said that to say, because I had made up in my mind that this was not a person that I wanted to give my body to, because it was quite apparent just through his conversations that he was not my equal. He was not my husband. So because I knew that he was not my husband, 
I was not going to put myself in an entanglement is what they like to call it. I wasn't going to put myself in an entanglement where I would catch feelings for someone who was not mine. And then I would have to go through all of that trying to purge this experience from my psych, from my emotional bank, from my spiritual bank. I didn't want to go through all of that. Not only that, because... I don't know if it's because, well, it is. It's because of my relationship with God. But what I also never wanted to do, like I've been there. I've been the person that laid with the wrong person and then didn't even want to pray and ask for forgiveness because I felt like I wasn't worthy of being in the presence of God. So I would go weeks without even speaking to God because I was so ashamed of laying with this person. And so I didn't want to ever experience that again. So when I made my vow of abstinence, that was one of the main reasons. It's because I'm like, God, I'm sick and tired of waking up and having to repent to you. I'm tired of that. I want my own true husband. I want the person that I can be with, that our bed is undefiled, that I ain't got to worry about. Oh, my God, I can't talk to you right now because I got to shake and, sh and shower this shame off. I didn't want to do that anymore. And so um, I made a conscious decision like, no, no, uh-uh. I'm not laying with nobody, Jesus. They're like, this is it. And then I made a comment to this fella because he was just like, I don't understand why it is all of a sudden you're abstinent and you got these kids and you've been married. Why are you abstinent now? And I told him, I was like, can I be honest with you? Yeah, you can be honest with me. Uh... I feel like I've had enough sex to last me an entire lifetime and then some. So me saying no to it, I'm really okay with that. Well, I'm not. Well, that's your problem. Because I'm not having sex with you because you're not my husband. And yes, there are some very bold men out there. Just like there are some very bold women out there. My guess, I'm not wearing any panties. Those are the bold women. However, I just, I'm at a point that, yeah, I, I can't do it. I can't. <laughs> I can't do it for nobody. I just cannot. Um, I understand the value of my person. And it's taken me years to shed all of the shame and the guilt and everything else that comes with doing things that I believe are out of order. And so once I shook that stuff off, I don't want to put those clothes back on. I really don't. And so I just made a conscious decision. It may not be for everybody, but it has been perfect for me because I'm able to see Certain things that I could not see. Because one thing I learned about being intimate before it's time is that whenever we give ourselves to someone that is not our spouse, we tend to make excuses for them. We tend to overlook things that we should be looking at. And it's because a soul tie has taken place. And it's hard to sever soul ties. A threefold cord is not easily broken. Now, a lot of people, when they think about a threefold cord, they think about the person, the two people and God. They forget that a threefold cord can be two people and the devil too. And so I 
did not like what that felt like to constantly get myself in situations or situationships that in a, I kind of knew subconsciously there's no future in this, but it felt good. So I would continue because it felt good, but instant gratification can only take you so far. And so the more that I started to realize I'm sick and tired of being instantly gratified, there's nothing lasting in this. I need substance. I need something that's lasting. I need to be able to wake up and create dreams and goals with my spouse. I need to be able to see what it's like to just for us to for us to create things together and watch them manifest, watch them come into fruition as a couple. I need to be able, because I know marriage is a ministry and I'm like, I want to be able to minister to couples. I want us to be that example that people want to follow. And I don't want to have a united front. I'm not trying to front nothing. I want us to be authentically raw, real and wise. And so I literally made, I made a conscious decision to try a different roadmap because the roadmap that I was previously using was not working for me in any way, form or fashion. And I, and really, I believe that the, the, what is it? The straw that broke the camel's back is when I got involved with someone whom I had known for more than half of my life, believed that that would be my spouse, gave myself to him. And over a period of time, started to see we are very unequally yoked and he did not although he gave me lip service he did not necessarily want the same things that I wanted because he was connected to someone else there was a soul tie that although he kept saying he did not desire this person every time I looked up this person was in his presence and so I had a choice you could believe the lie or you could accept the truth. If you believe the lie, you are co-signing for more heartache and more heartbreak. If you accept the truth, you can still love the person, but you are consciously aware of who this person is. So when you are having conversations with this person, you already know, don't believe the hype. It may sound good. Those I love yous don't mean the erotic I love you. Those I, I love yous are more like a, a brotherly I love you. And so I was able to see it how it really was instead of me trying to cover it up like it meant more than what it did. Because it really didn't. And I learned how love can be. You can like you can love someone unconditionally but it's not always necessarily going to be reciprocated. And that is okay. But you got to be willing to be honest with yourself and you got to be willing to be honest with the people that you're involved with. So my last words to that particular person who I cared about and thought I was going to spend the rest of my life was, were, I tried to love you, but you didn't want my love. That was my truth. He apologized. And we've been good friends ever since. But it's like sometimes you got to go down that. But at least, you know, I kept it 100. He kept it as well. He didn't, I'm the one that had the pride to get, you know, all the facts. So he didn't keep it as 100 as he could have. But eventually the truth, it was exposed and we dealt with it. And so 
I'm learning how one thing I don't want is to be someone's option. I desire to be my future hubby's priority. That means that I don't want to be like, oh, well, you know, I'm getting older. What's that song that talks about um, something about um, Lord? If I wasn't thinking about the song, I would be able to I would literally be able to quote it. But now that I'm thinking about it, I can't. But it says something about um, we're not getting any younger. So let's get married. No, I don't need that to be my testimony, sir. Um, I don't need you proposing to me because you're like, we're not getting any younger. No, I don't. Fear does not need to be the reason why anyone proposes to me. At all. It needs to be heartfelt. It needs to be genuine. It needs to be real. And it has to be raw. So, I, yeah. It's Valentine's Day. And the crazy thing is like, okay, so let me tell you, tell y'all what we did. So yeah, for Valentine's Day, Valentine's Day is my youngest child's birthday. So she turned 15 years old today and it snowed outside. None of us went outside to play in the snow. And so I'm looking at my kids cause I'm just like, <laughs> cause my 20 year old, my 70 year old and my now 15 year old are still at home with me. So I'm looking at them like, we're not going to go outside to play in the snow. They're like, mama, it's too cold. And I just kind of chuckle. And then, so we watched a movie together. Some movie, it was really good, actually. Um, but anyway, we watched a movie together. I cooked and I tried to keep it healthy. So I cooked like some, what was it? It was some chicken. It was some, um, what is it called, Lord? Something wings, um, cauliflower wings. And then I had, and then we had broccoli. So that's what we have for dinner, what I cook for dinner. And then we just kind of chilled. Me and my daughter, we took some photos or whatever because I knew her dad was going to want a picture of her for her birthday. And then I know her siblings want photos. And so that way I create a little collage. I'll share with them later. But so we did that. And trying to get her to just cooperate was a battle in and of itself. But the blessing in this all is that I don't have... I know that there's a lot of couples out there. Oh, not couples. I'm sorry. Singles. There's a lot of singles out there that whenever this day comes up, they may be in the bed, crawled up in a ball, um, sobbing. They don't want to watch anything on social media because it brings up all these emotions of them feeling alone. And my heart truly goes out to you. I'm very, very, my heart goes out to you if you feel like this one day, as if you're not loved because that's the furthest thing from the truth we are surrounded by love it's one particular day that is recognized and that recognizes love but someone loves you even if that someone is just god someone loves you and so but so i literally i know that there's people out there that feel like that but for me I didn't have, I didn't feel no kind of way. And maybe it's because I didn't have to go to work today. I don't know. It might've been different had I been in an atmosphere where I had to see a whole bunch of roses and chocolates and stuff being delivered. But I've always been the type of person that I, I actually minister to my own self. And I do that often. So maybe that's another reason why I don't look at holidays the same is because I'm always doing something for myself. So that I don't have to wait for someone else to do it for me. And so 
I celebrated with my daughter, asked her because we were supposed to go to an event, but because of the weather, we had to postpone it. And so I just asked her, I was like, you want me to cook you brownies? Because I wasn't able to go out to get you the cake because it rained. I mean, not rain, snowed. So then um, she was like, nope, I don't want brownies. Okay, well, you just made my job a whole lot easier, honey. And so um, took our little pictures and that was that. Like, I already know I'm loved. I'm looking at my grandfather's flowers from his um, funeral. I already know I'm loved. That'll be my bouquet today. Thank you, granddad. <laughs> so I just, I don't have like that whole, um, yeah, that whole feeling this or feeling, I don't know. I'm, I feel so loved. Uh, my aunt called me, wished me a happy Valentine's Day. My mom called me. I just know that I'm loved. And I think that that's, I think that's the difference. I really do. I think that's the difference. I'm looking forward to when I'm able to celebrate this holiday with my future hubby. Um, I, I'm looking forward to what courting looks like. I'm looking forward to, you know, seeing how he chooses to minister love to me. But I'm not anxious at all. At all. Because I know even with a relationship, that takes me on a whole nother journey. Um, I will have to... The patience that I have now is different when you have patience for your children as opposed to when you have it in a relationship. So I know that I'm going to have to, you know, literally have my full armor of God on because that's another thing I've learned about relationships. Why is it that as soon as you get involved with somebody, all the exes want to come out of the cracks and crevices like roaches? What the heck is up with that? And so, you know, I have to have my armor on. I have to be prepared for all the women that he may have said goodbye to, told them that, you know, I'm focused on one and there's only one I'm worried about. And next thing you know, you know, she's trying to do whatever she can to gain his attention and affection. So it's like, I just, I know what comes with being in a relationship. And so, um, yeah, so I'm just trying to mentally prepare myself for my present, <laughs> so that I can be ready for my future. This is going to conclude my podcast on tonight, but y'all know how I do it. I do have to read a letter to my future hubby and it is dated on February the 14th of 2021. It says, Dear future hubby, most times when a man crosses paths with a good woman, she becomes the standard for him going forward. Even if she isn't his first choice, his final choice. I become all too familiar with this scenario. Having experienced this in my own life, moments in time where I was good enough to date, good enough to start a relationship with, but not good enough to make a lifetime commitment to. I have two scenarios that come to mind. One, where after I ended a long-term relationship, my ex at that time confessed to me that I'd left such an impression with him and on him that each girl after me would unintentionally be compared to me. The other was when a guy who was pursuing me blatantly told me no man is going to marry you simply because I refused to have sex with him. And yet another example just popped in my head where a guy friend of mine blocked me once I told him that sex would never be a part of the equation in our friendship simply because I don't believe in having quote unquote friends with benefits. 
I said all of this to say that I know that I am a good thing. However, I have crossed paths with many men who created a false perception that this good thing would always be around once they were done playing the field. So allow me to be clear here on this beautiful Valentine's Day. Although this is a day full of hearts, I do not want my heart played with. I don't just want to be a standard or the standard or the new standard in comparison to other women you have dealt with in your past or present. Hell, even in your future. What I want to be is the woman that you choose because you desire to spend your life with me. I never want to feel or for you to feel like you were forced into wedlock to me as if it were an ultimatum or your last resort. And I never want to believe that I was a runner up to your preferred lover. I want to be the one. I love you, love Teresa. So I hope that y'all have a blessed and wonderful Valentine's Day. And like I always say, please take care of yourself because there is only one you. Signing out, your girl Teresa.